Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change lanes. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh.
Hello. Hello. Can we hear yet? Something says, I don't know if you can hear me. Something said I was muted on my end or something. Okay, now I'm on mute. Can you hear me now? I still can't hear anything. Unless <laughs> you got another number you want me to call you back on. <clears throat> Hello. 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 I'm going to call you right back. Hold on. Hello. Now can you hear me? All right, hold on. Hold on one second here. Yeah, I can't. I don't know why I can't hear you. What's going on here? Hold on. Can you hear me now? You can hear me. I can't hear you. Can you guys call me from your line? I don't know why I can't hear you. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners. Three. Our mind. Let's go. The whole squad is making it clear We've taken this year You know who we are But you don't know why we're here So this is where the big boys play These big boys play Like who defies the living God Get out the big boys way Outsiders with the swoop in We live as kings You see in us But our third man waits in the wings And when the time is right We shock him with the proper attack I go for dolo but ain't solo Cut the promo in black Hollywood Hendrix Prizzle Pinning them to the max And I'm that one to with the strength of a hundred men With one intent To see the will fulfilled of the one who sent His son to give himself But you rap about your gas and your rags torture White coffins when I drop a bomb My mic's awesome, never lost faith You in all space You can all skate, suffer but never cripple No bin walls in my cross face From here to Saturday raving Anticipating I was frostbit, now I am glacier Mixed with some Vader Get to hawking with these animals Using God for my defense and Alabama, we jamming, that's beautiful Bobby eating, me and Priest We the dangerous alliance, nah The Harlem Heat, tie the do-rag Before we do battle, you're talking sheep You are what you speak, this too sweet Till the number is took back We repping that wolf pack The foundation shaking, no mistaking Yeah, we shook that, trust in God We trust, pushing forward, never look back Meekness ain't at all weakness Some people mistook that Stamping out this crook rap He turning the power on, on the razor Edge, leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man. We bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful. The owners in our group, too. It's good to be king. Sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games. Our army go move to 
crew, you crew, coming to Raptors with a bat in my hand and stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter in the grand scheme. It's that easy. We tag teaming, Steiner brothers, we love it. Demand the win, establish it. This the clash of the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. Hello. I can hear those intros and stuff. I can't hear anything else, though. Hello. Yeah, I still can't hear anything. No intro or nothing. I guess it must be the studio phone. Hello. Yeah, I can't. I can't hear you. I, I'm telling you, I can't hear you. I, don't, I heard you fine on your cell phone. I can't hear anything on this phone. Though. I don't know if it's your end. It can't be mine because I just heard you. All right, Billy Gunn. Are you there live, sir? I am live. I'm All right. Live. At, least, at least I think I'm alive. <laughs> that's the craziness of uh, of live uh, radio, man. That's that's like, yeah, in, exactly. in two hundred episodes. Two hundred episodes. That has never ever happened. So, well, of course, crazy. if it's going to happen, it's going to happen to me. That's <laughs> 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 of course, I was um, I was explaining to the live audience. Um, what 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 my what my day was? I, I woke up. My, my son turns one today, and uh, oh, awesome. yeah, yeah. Uh, and basically, I woke up. I was coughing like crazy. I had to leave uh, my work early and had to go to the hospital. They tell me that I had a viral infection, and so oh. yeah. And so I got uh, uh, medicated and uh, took a little bit of rest and. I'm here. I wouldn't miss it for the world. So, really appreciate it. Oh, there you go. Yeah, man. Oh no, thanks for having me. That's awesome. The 200 episode, and I get to be on it. That's always a yeah, it's always a cool thing. <laughs> yeah, man. And now we we have all types of uh, comments on the chat line saying episode 200, giving us congratulations. And so, I really really appreciate yeah. uh, your, your time here. So, oh, so no. let's uh, so let's get to talking some fun. First of all, let's start with the Super Bowl. So who do you got winning? Okay, I, I got to take Carolina. I have to. That's they. You know, I just think Cam Newton's unstoppable right now. He's mm-hmm. there. Not just him, but the whole team. They're all three phases of the game are. They're unbelievable. They're really uh-huh. good. Yeah, yeah. I I would tend to agree with you. I'm an AFC guy, so. I was interviewing uh, Ricochet Prince Puma from Lucha Underground uh, last week, and I, uh, you know, he he's uh, an NFC guy, and I was, you know, letting him know that, you know, I'm an AFC guy, and so by default, I got to go with the Broncos. If the Pats were in it, I would be very pro Carolina. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a Pats yeah, fan. Yeah, I would love to all. see. I would love to see Manning go out with one more, but I mean, yeah. I just I don't think I don't think uh, Caroline has too many weapons for mm-hmm. Denver to be able to handle them. I think. Yeah, yeah. 
I am especially from the Arizona, uh, the the Arizona game. It was just yeah. wow. It was just <laughs> yeah. absolute, absolute yeah. shellacking. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So there's um, there's memes out now that uh, has uh, Peyton Manning calling someone and asking what what are what needs to be done to beat the the Panthers is pretty funny. So, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I find it hilarious. So. <laughs> So let's go back. Uh, let's go back in time. You are you turned what fifty three this year, right? Fifty, yeah, yeah. I'll be fifty three yeah. this year. Yeah, fifty two. Wow. So, uh, and how long have you been wrestling altogether? Um, twenty. I think this year is going on twenty five years. Wow. Sometime, yeah. So twenty fifth anniversary of, of Billy Gunn. So yeah, absolutely amazing. <laughs> I don't know if anybody but me and you care about that. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got a lot of listeners uh, uh, that that care and are right behind you and, and supporting <clears throat> you and the show, and pretty excited about what you have to say. Um, so let's go all the way back twenty five years ago. Why wrestling? You know what? And the funny thing is, is I did, because I was didn't have anything else to do. To be honest mm-hmm. with you, I didn't have anything else to do. Hmm. I wasn't when I got into the business. I'm not one. I was like the worst skeptic of all time. I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't grow up wanting to do it. I wasn't born and then saw Hulk Hogan or Bruno San Martino on the TV and went, "Oh my God, that's what I want to do with my life." Mm-hmm. I just never did that, and that, and I've been honest about that from from the get go. It's it's just something I fell into, and when I got into it, and the more I got into it, the more. And I and you can, I mean, you can pretty much ask anybody. I'm so passionate about this business, and I love teaching it. I love doing it. Hence, why I still do it and have such a good time is is I don't think you have to want to do it your whole entire life. You just have to get in it and and realize what a great great. Thing it is, what a mm-hmm. you know, entertainment, sports, athletic. It, it has literally this business has everything. If if you're an athlete or you're driven to be better, <clears throat> this has everything for you. And the thing that got me the most is when I played sports and everything. I mean, I played it pretty much as much as I wanted to take it. Mm-hmm. Because, but but there's always a ceiling. There seemed to always be a ceiling on it for me. Like anything from baseball, basketball, football any of those sports, mm. there was always a ceiling. I, I could do it, and I could do it really easy. And that, that, I'm not trying to be have an ego about it or anything. It's just – that's just how it was. <laughs> mm. But when I got into wrestling, it was just – you learned so much every day. I mean, I to this day, I could learn stuff from the students of the PC. I could learn stuff from the indie guys. I, it, as long as you keep an open mind mm-hmm. and you – and you just don't think, hey, I've done it all, I, and I really have. I've pretty much done it all, seen it all, but I never let myself stop learning because if you stop learning, then you stop the progression of how good you could be. Not that I need to be any better or not that I need to do any more, but I always like to learn about the business. Mm-hmm. So that's what kept me. That's what, that's what drives me all the time, and it's, and it's awesome. Wow, I I totally agree with that. So, what type of indie work did you um, did you get? And you got a a stint 
in WCW, you had a you were used as like a what we call a jobbers for WCW uh, before you were before your WWE. Yeah, honestly, I went. Right? I did. Two, yeah, I did like I did three. I did like one show one day for them, and I worked like three times, I think. And mm-hmm. I really didn't have any any experience before I went to WWE. I mean, we did some stuff with Eddie Mansfield, me and Barton did, but it was just kind of he had the full run of Universal Studios so we could get into and do, and we were doing the cowboy thing then too. So, I mean, we could get into the Wild West show and do some cool vignettes, and he was filming stuff and kind of ran some, um, put it on TV here in Florida, like on Sunshine Network, which only airs in Florida kind of but was selling them overseas, I guess, or something like that. I never got that. I never really understood all that was going on. I just was doing it to learn it. And then we got hired by WWE. So, I mean, I really didn't have to do it. I didn't do a lot of indie work before, but I did it after I got fired the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I did all my indie runs. Mm-hmm. So how did you and the partnership with uh, Bart come along? Were you friends before, or was it just something that they? No, it was. It, we I had when I when we start when I started with Ron and Don Harris is actually how I started. They just I came. I was working at a gym in Orlando with a buddy of mine that I grew up with my whole life. Mm-hmm. I knew Ron and Don Harris from, and they're the um, Skull and Eight Ball. They've been in WCW, WWE, everything. If people don't know who they are, two twins. And I knew them from um, – they lived in a town over from I, from me. We used to play ball together and stuff like that, hang out. And then um, they took me to a ring one day and beat the crap out of me for about four hours, and I fell in love with it and thought it was the most awesome thing ever. Wow. And um, then they just kept – Teaching me, and then they go, and then I wanted to learn more. I wanted to do more than they were just in town every, you know, once a month or something, because mm-hmm. they were doing uh, running Nashville and Memphis and all that stuff. So I just wanted to do more. So I found that Eddie Mansfield was running, had a little school that nobody went to except for Bart, and I mm-hmm. ran into him there, and he and me and him were the only ones that would ever come and work out. So we, you know, it was more or less we would watch stuff on TV and then go in there and duplicate it, not knowing, you know, any psychology or knowing, not knowing why, for what rhyme or reason. But I would run it one way, he would run a spot the next way, and then we would just do stuff like that. And we just kind of, we were always together, working together. So we just kind of drove that. Hmm. Wow, that's pretty. That's pretty amazing. So obviously, Vince. Um, brought you up and, uh, you know, decided to, you know, decided for you and Bart to, to be the smoking guns. Where yeah, in the so heck did Bart that, come, come from? <laughs> so, this, so how this all really came about was we were, we, we were doing some stuff with Eddie and then, um, um, Jack Mulligan, um, black Jack Mulligan got involved. He really took a liking to us. So, um, he called Dave Hebner that was working up, in the office at WWE, he was on the road with them. He was taking money or an agent up there. He told them, hey, I got two guys you might want to look at. Um, he got us a tryout, um, and that's how that started. And really, being the Cowboy thing for Vince was there was always like, – there's always been nasty and, you know, the old nasty Cowboys. There was never any clean-cut, really nice that you really kind of wanted to – root for Cowboys, and he saw us, and that's what he saw. 
Yeah. So doing the cowboy thing wasn't a stint for me because I'd done I'd trained horses and done that my whole entire life up until this wrestling point. Mm-hmm. So it was more a little harder for Bart, but we worked together so well that he just took to it. And then, so it wasn't hard for us to do the character part in WWE. It was just trying to make the character and the wrestling part all gel together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you guys came in with a relatively decent, you know, push. Uh, and, you know, with with the type of only, what, a couple of years experience, you came in and won the tag team championship, what, two years after uh, you debuted? Yeah, we, when we yeah when we came in, luckily for us, they put us with the head shrinkers, um, mm-hmm. Junior and Samu, uh, which is Rikishi, and um, they put us with those guys for about I would say cl- almost a year. The first year we were there, because he knew how green we were and how not very good we were. <laughs> so <laughs> so but we were athletic and we were and we were all ears. We never you know opened our mouth. We just trusted that those guys would. Good. You know, we had no no reason not to trust him because we. The, I guess part of the good thing is we didn't really know how the wrestling business worked, so we weren't really hip on all the you know, hey, watch out, people stabbed in the back. We were just very trusting, and luckily they stuck us with those guys because they never, they literally took us by the hand and taught us so much, just so much. I mean, wow. I, owe, I owe a ton to them too, and 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 then you know, the, and we did come in with a little bit of push because that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to see where we could take it, and and, yeah. uh, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. So the, I mean, you 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 and Bart were just a you know a, a down home Southern type of you know good guy um, yeah. team, and then how did the let us know the backstage discussions as far as the heel turn. How did that come about? I think, I think how it came about is they they thought that they could get a little bit more out of me, and it was a point really where where they were looking for some more singles guys and and wanting to find you know certain because really it was all what we had in the company and that you know and there really wasn't a lot of places to look except for indies. Mm-hmm. But it was more in in house kind of thing back then, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So, and I thought, and I think how it was explained to me, they wanted to do just it was nothing against Bart. They just wanted to try to do a little bit more with me. So they just kind of that's why they kind of sifted Sonny in there, and then th- that would give us a reason to kind of have some conflict and break us up, and then just send me on my own. Yeah. But of course, as we know, the Rockabilly thing came out of that, and it was rotten. Yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> it, was, it was good that they wanted to separate me, and it was cool that they wanted to kind of do something more with me, but how that came about, I have no earthly idea. Yeah, that was, uh, that was definitely a limbo stage in your career, for sure. Yeah, that was uh, rotten. Yeah. So was it good working with Honky Tonk Man, or was, was it kind of tough? Um. <laughs> I, I it was it was what it was. I think Honky was a little bit, and, and I'm not saying that's a bad about him. I'm just saying I think he was a little sour on the business and just kind of wanted to get a paycheck. And I don't know. I mean, I to get a paycheck, and I don't want to speak for him. I don't, but I just I, I just didn't feel like me and him gelled too much together. It yeah. just wasn't a 
there wasn't a connection that, hey, I'm going to do this for you, you do this for me, and we'll kind of see where this can go. It was kind of I wasn't fully committed to the Rockabilly character, and he was really fully committed to not wanting to be there anymore. So mm-hmm. it was kind of just we were we were fighting each other. I mean, never any bad words, but we were fighting against each other and fighting the company all at the same time. So that mm-hmm. there really didn't have a chance from the get go. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that guitar smash was a sigh uh, uh, of relief for you, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just kind of, oh God, let me just see what. Well, let me just do something by myself or with Brian. You know, we then we didn't know how me and Brian were gonna turn out to be. But I mean, it was at least I had a different direction to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know that ended up being just the most. Uh, it just it just seems like it was the the, the success didn't seem as if it was as planned, you know, as, as it could have been. It just, I mean, that, that was, that was an absolute gold mine, but even before the two of you, you know, um, got together, you were still the new age outlaws still trying to, I guess, gel together. Um, but no, we weren't, we weren't doing anything together. I mean, once we got together, we were, but when we like, even after the rockabilly thing, it was just me and Brian were working each other. First mm-hmm. match, every exactly. night, running around all over the place. And it was just kind of a, it was kind of a, hey, whoever gets the most clapped out of the, you know, thousand people that are there will go over kind of a thing. So it was kind of a, I, I mean, me and him had fun with it because we just had nothing to lose. So we would go out there and still work our butts off and then we'd just do what we were doing. But it was really there was really nothing there. There was nothing, there was nothing for us to look forward to, I guess is how you could put it because mm-hmm. there wasn't anything planned for us. It was just, Hey, we need you guys to do this and that's it. No, don't ask us anything else. Cause you're not doing anything else. Just go do this. And we were fine with that at the time. Yeah. And then once they put us together, then it was a whole nother ball game. Oh yeah, definitely. Now <laughs> the LO, LOD at the LOD at the time, they were, um, kind of reaching kind of like a tailspin. Uh, and how was it working with LOD at the time? Because, you know, of course, I mean, personally, they're my favorite tag team of all time. But at that point in time, you know, it, it was there were some personal demons that, uh, you know, at least Hawk was dealing with. And um, how, how was it working with, with LOD at the time? It wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't bad because they were one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Right. So whether they're in their prime or not, <laughs> it's the same with me and Brian now. It's there's still that thing about when you see when you see us and you see them. So back then, they were more in a role of hey, and we were on a roll. So mm-hmm. they were the hottest thing at the time. So that's so if they're if you want to do something with us two guys. And you have two guys that are already established, and everybody loves them. And every time you hear that music, the place loses its mind. Whether yeah. they were good or not, it doesn't matter. But the, all you're looking for is that. So these guys, I mean, what can you say? They helped us be the New Age Outlaws mm-hmm. because oh, yeah. that was the Definitely. best. When we beat them, it was, oh, my God, they must be going to do something with these guys because they beat LOD. 
Yeah, so that's it. And, and they were fine to work with. They, you know, they weren't in their prime, but they were still easy to work. They were still good to do some stuff with. I mean, they just for their name value alone. I, and they uh-huh. didn't have to do much because me and Brian wanted to fly all over the place for them anyway. Yeah. So they didn't really have to do that much. Yeah. And and they are still. I mean, you look at it and you go, it was LOD, and that's it. That's all you have to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's how, that's how I, you know, feel. I mean, it was a shocker for me as a fan, you know, back then to see uh-huh. LOD, you know, just be dominated, in, you know, in a sense. And um, yeah. yeah, but but at the same in the same token though. It was really a coming of age for the New Age Outlaws because you and Brian, you weren't necessarily established as a team, so you came right out the gate, you know, being inserted into one of the top, you know, top feuds of that time, and just really dominating. And it was it was a really good way, you know, to put you over because of the name, you know, of LOG exactly. and, and beating and, them. And that, yeah. and that, Exactly what it is. It was a great way to establish us and go, okay, these are our guys. The New Age Outlaws are our guys. And why is that? Because they just beat LOD. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they had a good little run with LOD. And now we take, they hand, you know, it's the saying, they handed the baton to us and we ran with it. Yeah. We didn't have anything to lose. I mean, me and, when they stuck me and Brian together, we were virtually fired. I mean, they just said, here, finish out your time and just do whatever it is that you two think you can do. And it was, one, you hand up. To me, probably the most underrated guy on the mic of all time is Brian. They hand him a live mic and go, Billy, you just do whatever you do. Yeah. And we just went, okay. (laughs) And there was no – there was no – yeah, did we get yelled at every day? Yeah, we got yelled at every single day. But you're going to fire us anyway, so it doesn't matter what we do because we're going to go out in a blaze of glory. And the people just went crazy, yeah. crazy, absolutely. Because we did take the ball and run with it. We didn't just go, "Oh, you're going to fire us, and we're not going to put any effort into this." Hell no. We're going to go out there and have some fun. And it was really just me and him trying to pop each other. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of it. Me and him were just trying to make each other laugh and every and t- try to pop the boys in the back. And everybody else just seemed to follow along because they just went, okay, we don't really like you because you're really cool, so we're going to hate you, but really we like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you and you can see that translated to DV. It really just seemed as if, you know, you and Road Dog had a really good chemistry, you know. A lot of we times did. when and you – And that was the thing. There was – there was – there was such a good with from two guys that really weren't doing anything that they just stuck together. Yep. When they put us together, it was unbelievable magic. I mean, it just and that's pretty much speaks for itself because we. I don't know. I I mean, if you were to ask me, I couldn't answer it. I couldn't say why we had good chemistry. I couldn't tell you why we gelled. I couldn't tell you why he was on one end of the spectrum and I was on the other. But when you put us together, we were amazing. And that's not to my own horn. That's just a fact. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, of course. But it was yeah. it just we just had that thing. There was just something that when we're together we just we just have fun and everybody knows it and everybody loves to have fun with us. Yeah. Yeah. And it's you know, and it's funny because this was 
around what time? What, what around what year was this? Ninety seven when you were feeding? Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, right around there. Because I had yeah. neck surgery in ninety five, so I was out for about eight. Came back ninety six, still in. Yeah, probably around there. I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. So at that time, you know, you had an audience that were more into cheering the heels. You know, even with the NWO. You know, and so. Yes. The, the the attitude that you and Brian brought into the WWE was very in line and very in vain with the the reaction of the audience, you know, and, and that's, you know, I my thing is kind of have an issue with that as a whole, just booking-wise, because I'm such a traditionalist, I mean, you know, I, I write articles, and, and I'm, right. I'm so pro-tradition when it comes to just, booking the, the good guy and the bad guy, but you guys, it, it, it really seems as if, though, you and Brian st- stuck your course. And the funny thing about that is you guys weren't necessarily catering to the crowd. Of course, you had your catchphrases that caught on and things like that, but you guys wanted to make sure that, hey, listen, you can cheer us all you want, but we're still the bad guys, you know? And oh, yeah. I think that, yeah, that was Sorry, that was yeah. That's and we did that, and we did, we were. The thing is, is we we started off as heels, and that's all we wanted to be because it was easier us for, for as heels. It was easier for us to do what we do good, yeah. and that's make everybody look really good because mm-hmm. we just we can go. We just you can bounce us all over the place. We were like silly putty. You it just we were always in the right spot, and you could bounce us around. We were never in each other's way, and it was just extremely exciting to watch us. Oh, yeah. And the thing that helped us is we let the people and the company let the people transition into liking us instead of us asking the people to like us. Yes. I, I think if I said that Absolutely. right. I think I said that right. <laughs> I think I said yeah, that, that makes right. sense. Yeah, yeah. Definitely makes sense. Um uh, yeah, and it's it's funny because I that, that was kind of like what uh, Jericho did too in '99. Uh, he was he came in as a heel, and he was you know cheered so much that they made him a babyface, you know. And and yeah. you know I mean you're like you said you you're sticking to your lane and you're doing what you're supposed to do, and you're not eliciting you know you're not attempting to elicit cheers, but you're fulfilling your role so much that people just cling to the brand of you know, the New Age Outlaw. So did the did the fame that you and Road Dog had, was that what prompted the decision to join DX uh, backstage? You know, I, I think what it was is DX had set the tone. I pretty much, I, I think DX, the, I, I guess people call them the original DX. I say we were the good DX. <laughs> and I don't mean, I'm just, Kidding, actually, because they'll probably hear this. Um, is Sean and Hunter and them set for that for us to kind of do what we do? Mm-hmm. Because people, because the crowds were into that kind of thing, and we were kind of we were kind of running parallel with them. I, I, of course, they're Sean and, and Hunter, so you you don't run parallel into. I'm not saying as in overness <laughs> and and that, but I'm saying we were kind of running parallel of. We they were they were the same like they were doing so much degenerative stuff and acting so wacky that it was a little easier for people to follow along for what we were yeah. doing because we were almost doing the same thing just in a different manner. Right. 
if you if I look back and look at it, it was kind of we we're running a little bit parallel. So the only natural thing is to kind of st- let's p- let's see how all of us work together. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. I don't think it was so much what we were doing. It was just the people were digging us so much. And they were, and I think this right when we were about to join, Sean was about to back out and and go take care of whatever he needed to take care of. Yeah, that Hunter needed to, to wanted to stay the course with that, and, and and the natural thing is is to hey, well these guys are almost they're like our baby brother in this sense, so let's let's just see if we can all just be all in the family and try it, and yeah. and it worked, it worked, yeah. It sure did. I mean, it, it really did. And it just fit right into the Degeneration, you know, X theme. And were you, when Sean got uh, uh, injured, I think it was, and he, he went away and Hunter kind of took the leadership role, were you all, um, was was there any level of reluctancy or fear that the DX would still be strong as it was, or do you think that was just a smooth transition and, and no, no worries? No, it was, there was no worries at all because we knew that Hunter was really established, mm-hmm. probably one of the hottest guys in the company at the time. And we were, and we were very confident that we could hold up our end. So, and, and we didn't have any problem with going, Hey, you guys are playing second, second fiddle to us. Well, okay, it's not, but it was never like that. I'm just saying, if we, if if you, from looking from the outside in, well, Hunter's the big star, and you guys are just you know side acts. Well, mm-hmm. no, and he never said that to us, and we and he never treated us like that. It was it was we knew everybody knew the role. We knew our role. Yep. Hey, you're going to be the main guy that's going to lead us to the promised land, and he did. We're going to be the guys that do all the protecting and all the flying around, although he did a lot of it him, himself too. But right. you just have you have more guys for your top guy to throw around and more, I guess you could say, more adversity for them to overcome because mm-hmm. you know where there's one, you're going to get four more somewhere. <laughs> so, yeah, but, exactly. so it made for exciting TV. It made for exciting – that's what helped us is we didn't mind – I didn't mind having Undertaker in the middle of the ring and start tossing us all over the place. It's extremely exciting, and the people eat it up. But yep. on the backside of that, they still go, you guys are really cool. <laughs> that's yep. really, that's yeah. really awesome. Yeah, and that's a really good so show. There was never any that, yeah, there was never any of that, that kind of, oh, well, I want to be, be top dog. You know what yeah. I mean? We just wanted to entertain and go have some fun like this business is supposed to do. Yeah, when I think of DX, I think about, you know, just uh, like a baseball team. A lot of people, you know, give a lot of credence or or a lot of popularity to the pitcher or the shortstop, you know, but that doesn't negate anything or any relevance or just as important catcher, you know, or third baseman, you know what I mean? So, and and that's what I saw with DX, just because you weren't the picture, the, the, the pitcher, doesn't mean that you weren't the best third third baseman on the team, you know, in, in the league, yeah. and that's exactly. that's what I saw when, when I when I saw that. So, yeah, and, and that's a that's a really really great way to put it. And, and Hunter never made us feel like that either. We all felt special and felt like every without one without one of us in that group, it just doesn't work. That's I how agree. we all felt. 
Right, right. <laughs> was Rick Rude being in the group odd, or was it like, what was it a good addition? Was 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 he a good I, I, he addition to a group, or was not? We were anywhere near it. He was way before us. He right. was like the initial start of Hunter and John. And, I, John I, and I never really had any any interaction with Rude mm-hmm. in that in that perspective. Mm-hmm. Did you? Yeah, because I remember he was kind of. Uh, I think he. If I think he went to ECW at the time when um, um, when you all kind of transitioned over, or I think it was, it was just one of those things that he was slowly. Uh, transitioning out because that one night where he was in both WCW and WWE was was quite quite interesting. Definitely one of the most uh, talked about you know wrestling moments where he uh, was on both shows. Uh, so yeah, right. very 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 interesting there. So yeah, and so DX became real real strong, and you had some great feuds. Another feud that I thought about that really put you over, other than the LOD, was the Terry Funk and, and Foley, you know, Chainsaw Charlie, oh, yeah. Texas Jack. Let us know a little bit yeah. more about that, uh, about, you know, backstage and how that came about. Uh, you know what? I really don't know how it came about as as Terry was coming in. Mick had always wanted to do something with Terry. Terry's awesome, by the way. He's so good. But it, and he's so wacky to work with because he just knocks your lights out just out yeah. of nowhere, which is awesome. But um, I think he's always wanted to do something with Terry, and and I think he's done some stuff, but I thought not on that kind of a – not on the WWE stage. Yeah. So I th- the natural thing and the most talked about thing, and they're both crazier than a bag of rocks. So – the most talked about thing for the New Age Outlaws is when we toss them off the stage in the dumpster. Oh, yeah, the dumpster, that, that, yeah. That is the, that's the highlight moment of, of the New Age Outlaws, which is fine because it was awesome and people lost their minds over it. Yeah. But I think they wanted to do something, and the most natural thing for them to do is the two crazy guys against the two guys that just are just not as crazy, but crazy in their own sense. Yeah. So yeah. we got to do stuff with them and and when they introduced them it was against us and stuff so i mean that i don't to be honest i don't know exactly how it came together but i know that i that um mick had always wanted to do something with terry and i think on that stage in that moment everything just came together and it made it made for the new age outlaws and they made us even stronger than we were then too oh yeah i i totally agree with that because you know unlike the unlike the lod which was, you know, definitely got you over for namesake and just hard-hitting and, and just aggressive. Like you said, I mean, Terry and Mick, they are never hesitant to just flip and flop and fly and just take all types of bumps, you know, to put the other person over. It, it, you know, when, I, when I, I've watched wrestling for, you know, three over three decades now, and when I look at, you know, the, the, the Terry Funk and the Mick Foley matches, I always see how – both of them are so selfless in the ring, you know, and, and so oh, yeah. willing to take, you know, come on now. When you have Mick Foley taking backdrops on the cement floor, you know, that yeah. doesn't, you know, <laughs> yeah. doesn't do anything but, but make the other person look strong, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's just crazy, craziness. Yeah. Those two yeah. are crazy. Absolutely. So, but it, I mean, that was one of my highlights was to work with Terry because he's so he's so funny and he's such a nice guy 
and I think mm. me and Brian almost killed him in the the latter dumpster match that we had. I power bombed yeah. him in the dumpster and hit him on the dumpster. And to this day, every time I see him, he's got to show me the scar that I put on his back. So oh, I, no. feel, I feel awful about that. But <laughs> you could literally beat him to death. And mm-hmm. probably the toughest guy on the planet that I've ever been in the ring with. And yeah. just – he was just so much fun because you just beat him up, and then out of nowhere, he just light, he just lights you up, which is I love it, which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. We, as a matter of fact, when we worked with him the first one or two first times we worked with him, Brian came back, and we were in the back of me and Brian were talking, and he goes, "Did he hit you really hard?" <laughs> wow. I said, yeah, I said, wasn't it awesome? Because we were both laughing about it. Yeah. <laughs> I said, "Yeah, he hit you really hard." <laughs> Wow, that's a, that's absolutely amazing. So, um, working with the the NWA invasion when they, you know, you were you're feeding with the the new Midnight Express, but I always found that kind of weird because um, you were working with Bart as well, but you know, against Bart. I know that you made your turn on Bart and kind of really, you know, pushed you out and you know the limelight. But when he came back as Bodacious Bart and the whole NWA thing, were you were you, were you a fan of that? No, but I think that I mean no, but it was something for him to do. Mm. You know what I mean? It was something to keep him in the mix. And and let's face it, the, the WWE has never been one to really do anything with tags, so we were really kind of lacking, I think, in the tag department yeah. for us to do. I mean, we could. There's only so much we could do with singles guys because you don't want to break me and Brian up and and run us singles and then have the other one with this kind of thing. So it was just to kind of keep some tag teams alive that at least you knew who the people were. At least you knew who Bart was. And and I think by that time they kind of were, okay, we realized you guys were together at one time, but we really don't care now because yeah. it's a, we get it. It's different. And him and, you know, and Bob Holly is awesome to work with. He, he's rough, but I, he, I love working him. Mm. Um, so, I mean, it, it was just – Let's you. We can still use them because they have name value. So mm. why not do something with them? We don't have to be a fan of them, but we got to have somebody for the New Age Outlaws to work and other guys to work with. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of splitting, you actually did uh, split. Um, I think it was '98 that you uh, split, or yeah, yeah, because it was just kind of like an amicable split. I think you won. The uh, Intercontinental Championship, Road Dog won the Hardcore Championship. I think eventually the Intercontinental mm-hmm. Title too. Um, how was it being split up from from Road Dog? Was it something that you were excited to do and endeavor as a singles wrestler? Because at that time, I remember for a couple of years you were in some really good feuds with Foley and Rock, and you beat it. Uh, you know, you beat Eddie Guerrero. You know, for the Intercontinental Championship. Let us know a little bit more about that. I, I I think it was it wasn't it was just sometimes you think that things have run its course and you you want to and 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 personally too you kind of because I've been in tag the whole entire time pretty much I mean right. I, I don't even count the rockabilly thing so I was really really in a tag the whole time I was there up until mm-hmm. that point. So it was, hey, we're going to try this. And, and, yeah, at first you don't want to do it because it's so good, because our tag is so good. 
and mm. it's so much fun and you can and we get to rely on other people now I've just got to rely and hope that I know what I'm doing out there by myself and got nobody, right. and, and have nobody else to like lean on or or run over and ask hey I'm so lost can you help me out <laughs> can you help me where we're at? <laughs> um but but I think on the other hand of that you go can I can I do this singles thing? Can, am I am I as good as I think I am? Which I always thought I was really good, but <laughs> besides that, but and that was a joke. But oh, you you wanna you wanna you wanna you wanna like try something different. You want to mm. go out and try to do singles things. So they went, Hey, because it was supposed to be me win the intercontinental and him do the, the hardcore thing, because that's more up Brian's alley. Then they do this switcheroo where I win that hardcore thing that right. I couldn't wait to get rid of. And then Brian wins the intercontinental championship. And it was kind of a swervy, whatever. I think it swerved us more than it swerved the people. But, um, so and then I did have some good stuff. I had a good run at the Rumble with The Rock and doing stuff like that. And I think that um, that I mean it was okay, but I I just don't feel that I was totally committed to doing that. Yeah, yeah. So eventually, like you said, tag is is your deal, and uh, Billy and Chuck emerged. How yeah. in the world? Did Billy and Chuck become birthed backstage? It, it just well after after because I got hurt after I won King of the Ring and everything in '99, and then they did absolutely nothing with that, right. and we did nothing, and then I was gone. I was gone for a year with that shoulder surgery and that injury because it totally ruined my shoulder. Um, so I was gone for a year. I came back doing the one thing for a little while that kind of just never grabbed hold. So they came, and I was redoing my contract and stuff like that. And I, every, all these variables came into play. And they took me off TV again for a little while because they weren't sure what I was going to do or what, you know, I didn't have any plans of going anywhere. They just, <clears throat> it was whatever was going on. So and then they had Chuck not doing anything. So they so when I re-signed and then Chuck was there, they came to us and went, "Hey, we want to do this thing because we were in great shape. We looked phenomenal, but Chuck looked great. I looked probably the best shape I was in up until then." So they went, "Hey, we want to try this thing where you guys are like male strippers and you want everything that the divas want and and it and it went from that." And to <laughs> to what it what it became. Although, if you ask me, and people do ask me all the time, and their first thing is, "What is you know, kind of like what you did," and it wasn't that. It was just that thing is like, how in the heck did Chuck and Billy come about? But it was awesome. If you look back at the time when they needed ratings and they needed something big to happen on that yeah. show, me and Chuck delivered. That's true. Especially on SmackDown. And, it, and the thing was, and it wasn't that we looked at it as, and it and it and it turned into us being, you know, we want we want a calendar, we want everything that the girls have in this thing, and it and then it just slowly turned into, hey, we're going to be life partners and do the the edgy kind of gay thing. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, is we didn't look at it that way, and the, and people ask me, and this is what I tell them. 
just because you see somebody play a gay character on TV doesn't mean that they're gay. Of course. But yeah. they have to play it good enough to convince me that that's your character to follow along with the story that you're telling me. Yeah. And it wasn't that we were trying to make people like that. It was, can we do this? Can we pull this? Do you know how how deep our characters and how how kind of – I don't want to say good because that's not the word. I don't know what the word is exactly of – you always want to reach and play something that you that you think is a little bit out of your bounds that you don't mm-hmm. think that you can do to challenge yourself a little bit more. Hey, can we pull this off? I mean, mm-hmm. me and Chuck had talked about this because if we're if one of us is not completely in this, and we didn't have to do anything, they never asked us to do anything that we were uncomfortable with or that was inappropriate. Yeah, and and we never did. Who came up but, with the idea? Uh, Vince and Stephanie, Vince. I believe. Oh, okay. Interesting. Very interesting. So when when they asked us, me and Chuck sat down and talked about it for a long time, going, "Hey, if we're in, we have to be in and do do. We have we have to make the people believe this." And when we did that thing on TV, where he asked me to be his partner, or whatever. Literally, we had over a hundred things to go do the next day like good morning america the stern show everybody bit so that's not telling me we tried to fool everybody that's just telling me everybody went okay because now wrestling isn't fake anymore because now it's real because they really think that me and him are that yeah (laughs) so you go you go Hey, but I mean, it was you know, it was actually fun to do because it was it was so out there that it was just craziness. Yeah, and we just had fun doing it. We never we never looked into it any deeper than hey, let's do this and let's go have as much fun as we can with it because yeah. it, people were kind of like going, oh really? And then they started getting into it a little bit yeah. because they realized, okay, you're going to have fun and it doesn't offend you and it shouldn't offend anybody. And we weren't trying to do that by any means, but they're really good at this, and they're having fun, so we're all going to have fun, too, with you. And they literally started, like, I think the first few months they were like, eh, and then all of a sudden they went, oh, okay, I'll, I get it. Yeah. So it wasn't, I, I don't feel bad about I don't have any regrets doing it at all. Mm-hmm. I think Chuck yeah. does, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to get him on the show. I, I interviewed Rico last year, and... uh yeah, he was he was one hundred percent behind it too. I mean, he's really he was really echoing. Well, you're really echoing what he was saying. Um, yeah, and he was so. a really good part of the whole thing too. I mean, he played his part at to a T too. Oh, I yeah. mean, he was totally on board. He was so good at what he did. He was he was, and we abused that poor fella so bad. <laughs> but he was such a champ, and he was so he was so good, and he played that role. Awesomely, they're oh, just yeah. they're just roles that we play on TV. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and some people are good at it, and some people aren't good at it. Yeah, the, the, you know, my thing is if you if you're getting those type of reactions, like why are they doing that? You're making it convincing enough for people to buy into it. So, and yeah. that's what it should be like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Real quick, um, let me ask you a question about the uh, invasion with WCW. Was there sure. a plan B? If the door stayed open, if the gate stayed open, no, we would have went in. If they what, what, opened the door, we would have went in. And what if, was and the if plan? The of them were smart. Nothing. 
<laughs> there wow. wasn't a plan. There wasn't a plan when we went down there. The plan was here, get on this tank, drive down there, see what you guys can do. And we go, well, what if, and if we get arrested, that said, I'm coming to get you. Don't worry. Just yeah. don't don't do anything that, you know, it, it, it wasn't, hey, go try to get arrested. It was go push the boundaries of whatever you can do. Hey, yeah. if they'd have opened the door, we'd have went in. And that's and the smartest thing Eric Bischoff could have done was to sh- open the door and let us in. I because totally guess agree. who he has on all his TV shows? He's got both companies on his TV shows. Yes. I absolutely 100% agree with that because you have DX on Nitro now, so people are tuning in on Nitro. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, I mean, we weren't going – no, we weren't looking for fights. We weren't looking for trouble. We just we just went down there to go down there because that's what – at the time, that's what DX did. They yeah. did stuff that nobody else did. They caused trouble where nobody else would cause trouble, and they tried to do what everybody else won't do. And we yeah. just went down there. And if they literally, if they, uh, for me personally, if they'd opened the door, we'd have just went in and just done whatever. We weren't going in there to do anything. We'd have just said hello to all the boys, and all the boys would have said hello to us. Yeah, I don't think much. anybody would have been butthurt or none of that. Right. So <laughs> we'd, have been, we'd have probably all just laughed at each other. Yeah. Let's talk a little TNA right quick. Uh, so 2005, so what led to your first release of WWE and you ended up going to TNA? What what led to that? They, I, I think that what was told to me is that they just didn't have anything for me. Um, I was just, I was just out of rehab for the first time. Um, and I, and I get, I, I, and the only, and I just go by what they tell me. And they just said, hey, there's really nothing creative for you. There's nothing really we can do for you anymore, so we're just going to give you a release. And I went, okay. Hmm. You know, I did, well, I went, okay, and then just that was that. So I just was hunting work after that, yeah. after my 90 days, of course. Yeah, I mean, it didn't so, take you long that's, at that's all. That's where I went. Yeah, no. To go into DNA. Well, I'm fresh off TV, so, so it, you know, I was kind of – so there wasn't really any hesitation. I was doing some indie stuff, and then – went and talked to TNA about coming and working there. So Yeah, yeah. How was it working with TNA? Because first of all, you first you first start off with not even a name. And then yeah. it becomes the New Age Outlaw, and then becomes the Outlaw. I mean, how was the overall business at TNA? I, I, it was just too many, too many chiefs. Too many chiefs there. There's too many people to go through to try to get stuff done. You know, every you know the the top people that are there are worried about them, and and it just felt like it wasn't. And now, mind you, I'm used to there's there's one chief in WWE, and that's Vince McMahon. Yeah, and that's all you have to worry about. As long as you do your job and and everything's cool, then you're all right. So I, for you know, 14 years or whatever, that's what I knew. That's what mm-hmm. I thought the wrestling business was. I didn't know anything else. So I get there and everything's a little in chaos for me. And I like things to be a little bit more in order. And it was just kind of, just kind of nobody knew this or nobody knew that. Or when you try to ask one, you have to go somewhere else and then they have to go somewhere else. And it's just kind of, just kind of a mess. Just yeah. kind of a mess. I, I've, um, I've interviewed a lot of people in these four years, and I've I've got a lot of that uh, on on the show and talking to them out, you know, off the show too. So, um, yeah. So 
the VKM, you know, of course that was a, a rib to Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Was it just one of those things that, you know, you you, you were saying, hey, uh, I need the opportunity, I need the funds, I need to take care of my family, this is how I was going to go. Were you, did you see yourself in that position when the VKM came around? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was – I worked for them, and that's what they wanted to do. The, the head people wanted to try to do something. They wanted to try to recreate something that you can't recreate because, one, yeah. you don't have all the players to recreate it, and you don't have the the machine behind you to recreate something that good. You know, so it was because, I mean, when we did it, we went to the tower and did kind of the invasion thing, the tower. But let's face it, Vince didn't give up to hoots about TNA or what no, we did. Exactly. You know, it wasn't that wasn't it wasn't the same. So you can't recreate. But it was what they wanted to do. And me and Brian are, you know, good soldiers, I guess. So that's what we did. Mm-hmm. I mean, we felt a little uncomfortable about it because we just it just wasn't it wasn't going to work, and we kept yeah. telling them it's not going to work. No matter what we do, trying to recreate something that was that good isn't going to work. Now, do you think that the inconsistency and and, and forming characters, and, and, and as you're explaining, as far as the management is concerned, just too many chiefs? Do you think that that's an integral part? And a pivotal part as far as the reason why TNA isn't necessarily a viable, you know, second option. Of course, they're on TV. Of course, they've had peaks and valleys, but they never really came even nearly close to being, you know, a competitor. You think that that's the yeah, reason no, why you don't have one got one person in that office up there that can just make decisions and be right. okay with it. Like Vince right. will make a decision, whether it's a good one or a bad one. He sticks with it up until the end, till it dies or till it goes through the roof. Yeah. So there's that's the difference. You have you have one guy that w- is going to go in a direction and he's going to go there. Mm-hmm. You have another company that wants to go in that direction, but there's too many people to ask and too many people going. Oh, maybe not. Well, yeah, maybe not. Well, so there's no one decisive person, and I'm not saying it has to be one, but it has to be no more than two that can make decisions and will stand by them and go to the, and go and go with it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, that's the pro that's the problem with TNA. Mm-hmm. So Q Kip, Q Kip in your mind equals what, as far as your career achievements? Um, only because the girls were with me. And when the, that whole step, that was probably my best thing that I did in TNA. It, it, I mean, it's it was fun. I mean, the girls were awesome. Velvet Angelina were awesome to work with. The reason why is because they let me run it. They had total trust in me, and they knew that I would not do anything to them career-wise or anything that would jeopardize them or make them look stupid or silly. They had mm-hmm. total trust in me, and it was, and we had fun doing that. That was my best. That was the best. Even though Brian was there, and we would kind of do stuff together. That didn't compare to what me and the girls were doing, and the, and they knew that. That's why it just abruptly they put the brakes on it. Yeah, because it was working, and they really loved it. And then they went, "Oh, we can't have this," and crushed it. And it was it was brutal, but it was so much fun. And that's. That's when you have three people together. One of you has to be the one that makes kind of 
the good decisions and the smart ones. And they trusted me and I trusted them and, and it was, and it was so much fun and we had fun doing it. And I, of course, by now being there, I've done everything in the business I could do character wise. I was a cowboy, gay, bad, tough. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it didn't bother me to do a, be a hairstyle or whatever I needed to be for the girls to kind of make that work. Cause I was willing to do whatever. And it was more or less for them. Yeah. To, to make to make them bigger stars and to and to make our little you know our little beautiful people thing work and and it worked and it worked really oh, yeah. good oh yeah to where they just put that there's somebody up top or everybody got together and went hey we can't have this and they put the brakes on mm-hmm. which it was sad you know but the girls still went on and, and did what they did so did they let you go uh, or did you ask for your release. I just, I think I just asked for my release just to get out of there. I just, mm-hmm. I, I think because Brian got fired and then I just went shortly after that. I just couldn't, I couldn't yeah. do it anymore. Yeah. They probably fired me though, I guess. I don't know. Conflict and management type of thing. I, yeah. Just kind of one of those things where I'm not happy. You're not happy with me. So let's all just, let's all just cut out. Yeah. Yeah. So three years later, though, you come to the thousandth episode of Raw and uh, the reformation yeah. of uh, DX. That was an um, that was an amazing moment, and that caught oh. was that that caught on so much that you a few months later you got uh, hired in as a trainer, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the th- that was awesome. That was the first time we'd all been back together in a long time, and it was right. an awesome feeling, and it was kind of everything because um, it was just kind of. Because when we did get when me and Brian got released and and from WWE and after we kind of come after that we did a lot of we said a lot of bad things about people that didn't deserve it mm-hmm. you know what I mean we 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 start you know because you people start throwing and I'm not blaming anybody I blame me and because I talk about me um, is that people start throwing money at you to start to do to do. Um, interviews and things like this and, and just kind of, they don't ask you to run down people, but I have a form now to just, pra- because at the time I was not in a good place. I was fully in addiction. So I was just wanted to blame everybody but me. Yeah. Like I'm really good. How can, how can people let me go because I'm really good and that's, you know, it has to be everybody else. So I browbeat everybody else. Yeah. So but after I got clean for the second time and have been clean for five years, this March 11th, congratulations! Um, is thanks. Um, you start, you go back, and you and it's not, and I and I talked to Hunter before that I didn't know anything about the 11th, the thousand episode or nothing, and I just happened to be in town when they were in town. I just wanted to talk to him. He said, "Of course," and went and talked to him and talked. I mean, I just trying to clean up what mm-hmm. I made a mess up because I'm the only one that can do that. Yeah. I'm the only one that has to answer for it. I'm the only one that made myself look like an idiot. So I'm the one that, and, and, and by no means was I asking for their forgiveness. I was just letting them know that I was sorry for what I did. I didn't need to do that. And they don't, they don't have to take that apology. It's what it does is it gets it off of me. So I don't have to carry it around. Yeah. So I'm not, and there are some people that didn't, because when I was on the Indies and doing a bunch of crazy things, there are some people that didn't said, "Well, I'll never work with you again." And I said that, and I completely understand. I did not hold that against you at all. But you know, 
Hunter never thought twice about it. He understand he understands the business, so he knows what we're all capable of doing. And it wasn't it wasn't to get hired or to, to do anything. It was just to let him know that it wasn't. It was I was just just wanting to clear the air, and yeah. he completely understood. He's an awesome dude. So when we came to the thousandth episode, we were all clean. We were all good. We were all. It was. It was so. It was just. It was awesome. It was just so good. Yeah. Just unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah. two years ago, from the start of this interview, you won the tag team championship for the eleventh time. So yeah, yeah. Please explain to us. How did that what what discussion because many people were shocked that I mean it was it was a good feeling for me personally. But on the outlaws. Was it a transitional did did they have um did they have the team in mind to for you for you all to help out or was I mean what I, was I the point? It was kind of a it was kind of a because it was all new to us too. Because literally, when I got when they hired me at the performance center, like Hunter didn't even know, and nobody and I didn't know because nobody told me that they hired me. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of one of those things. And I just happened to come to TV, and he goes, "Does everybody know you're hired?" I go, "Hunter, I don't even know I'm hired. Am I hired?" Yeah. And they went, "Yeah," and I went, "Oh, okay." So they hired me on December, like my start date or whatever was December 20th. December 23rd, I was out of here on the road. Nice. Do, do it. We, Me and Brian went over to Europe and did a kind of a feel-good thing together. It was a six-man. I think um, half of the tour was with Seamus, and then the other half was with Orton. And then they wanted to put the – I think just kind of to re reignite the, the tag – division and also to help the Usos kind of kick them into gear so they yeah. could almost just like what LOD did for us we're going to come in and do for the Usos yeah so it was kind of a hey let's let and I think the coolest thing about us coming back and doing this and I know I've heard this from a lot of guys is that the cool thing about the New Age Outlaws coming back is I was sitting in the audience and I got to share with my son who I grew up watching wow. in wrestling. So it was not, hey, I didn't have to sit on YouTube and show him. I got to literally sit in an arena and watch and go, you know, tell my son or daughter or whoever they bring that this is who I grew up, this is who your dad grew up watching. And that's awesome. And that's yeah. an awesome feeling for me. And it's and it's cool, and I think that's what we were looking for. Kind of, hey, we know these guys; they were awesome, they were funny. Now we get to see them live, and now we're going to see them run a program with with the Usos, and kind of, and then drop it to them, and kind of let them tick it on into gear. Yeah, absolutely. So let's spend the last five minutes talking about two things. One, um, just real quick on this, I was not a fan at all of the. Uh, interference between DX and NWO against you know Sting and, and, and Triple H. I just I, I'm such you know Sting's my all-time favorite guy, so I kind of wanted to see a pure match between the two. I understand mm -hmm. this a nostalgia factor and it brought an extra element. Was it something that was planned from the beginning or was it kind of thrown in there last minute? No, it was planned from the start. Okay, it was kind of just you're going to get that whole and, and yeah, I, I just. And, and I get he's your 
favorite, <laughs> and he's he's probably a lot of people's favorite from the WCW air. And you have Hunter, but what a what a wrestle! You're really looking for moments. It's not a it's not a. I got to figure out how to word this without offending everybody. It's not a. It's, it is a sting moment because it's the first WrestleMania he's ever been in, and he's wrestling Hunter. But mm-hmm. then again, from a company standpoint, how do we get the most? How do we get the most out of this? Because our fan base is not really a Sting fan, and that's that's why I want to make sure I put this right. Is right. can what is the biggest moment we can get at? And being Sting being there is a big moment, but when you have DX and then you have NWO behind that, kind of makes it a little bit bigger in a majority of the people's eyes. Mm-hmm. I think if I say that right. So I'm not meaning to downplay. Sting in, in any moment or Hunter's that match in any form. I'm just trying to, in my perspective, how I looked at it, it was just a bigger moment at a WrestleMania rather than just that single moment. So do you think that Triple H should have went over Sting, or, or do you think that that was kind of uh, not the best decision for that moment? I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't know that I have an opinion either way. I think mm-hmm. it could have went either way. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really know that. I'm. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't. I'm not really. I'm just kind of up in the air about that. Okay. I don't right, know what. Like, they all know more than I do. A lot more than I do. So I just leave it up to them. Yeah, that makes sense. So real, real, real quick. Oh no, I mean I get it. I, I, I totally get it from your end too. You know, I, I get it. I totally do. So uh, they released you uh, in November, uh, about two and a half months ago. The reports are uh, failing a test for PEDs and um, not um, <clears throat> letting them know about a, a powerlifting meet that you had. Let's let's hear yeah. from let's hear from you. What, what really happened? I don't really contractual because they're still paying me. I can't really. I, I don't want to go into it, but I'll give you everything that everybody already knows. Is I and the first thing I want to make clear to the powerlifting meet that I went to. I wasn't trying to. I wasn't on it to win that powerlifting contest because it was me against me anyway. Mm-hmm. So just straighten that out. But it was. It was it, it was they had I I popped on their test because I was over their test limit and I mean let's face it I'm 52 years old and I take and I have a, a script from the doctor but it was it was the way it all came out uh-huh. is what they had to do and I don't I don't blame them at all and I'm going to take every single bit of this because it wasn't fair to NXT for what Hunter's done for the company or what he's done with that brand is mm-hmm. amazing. Oh yeah. And and it and it just and they had to do what they had to do and they did it and and I'm perfectly fine with it and hopefully one day they'll hire me back because mm-hmm. I feel I was a pretty good coach. But it wasn't. It's not anything that we need to dwell on. But I'll just clear it up that way. <laughs> Is it's just the way it all came out is yeah. what really it wasn't it wasn't anything that WWE did it was they did to do what they did and I feel like I let the NXT kids down that I never mm-hmm. ever wanted to do that ever and and so it, and so I'll take that 
Yeah. Very respectful there. So what is up and what what's what's next for Billy Gunn? Let us know a little bit. Let us know some events that you got going on before we close out. I matter of fact I got my little book right for me. No, I'm just out doing um doing some seminars. Um, talking, you know, because everybody thinks now I have the inside scoop to getting in the performance center, which I, <laughs> which I don't. But I love, I love teaching and I love talking about wrestling and and I love helping young guys. I I wish, I honestly wish that everybody that I talk to could actually experience the WWE on the main roster because if you're in this business, that's where you want to be. And I tell them that. I said, it's nothing against indie guys. They're awesome that you have a place that you can at least do this. Because, face it, everybody's not going to the WWE. Everybody's not going to get signed to the main roster. That's just how it is. Mm -hmm. So I'm out doing seminars and talking to people. I'm still doing shows, doing some signings. I'm still wrestling a little bit while I can still do it. I have fun. I literally have fun. And that's how this business should be. It should be fun. It shouldn't be like a job. If you want a job, go work at Burger King and see how good that is. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's a job. Yeah. That's a hard job. Our job is only hard when you make it hard, but it's fun, and you should have fun doing it because somebody pays you to run around and go to all over the country and wrestle in front of thousands and thousands of people every night if you want to, and you get to have fun and, and entertain. And, the, and if yep. you're in this business, that's what you want to do. And they give you a form to do it. Yep. So I'm just, I'm really all over the place. I mean, I can't complain because I'm booked all the way through July. So, nice. and, and I just go have some fun and work. Wow. That's awesome, man. I, I'm so glad that you, you know, still are very stable, you know, uh, um, despite the release. And, and I really hope that uh, you can come back. Soon, because you were a fantastic I, I do coach, too, and I and I feel and I feel that I will. I just, you know, it's just, it's just something that happened that I sh- that I should have never have done, and, mm-hmm. and I realized that it was just, you know, not taking other people's organizations or their stuff serious. Mm-hmm. It was just one of those things, but you know, for whatever, I'm out having fun doing indies right now. Yeah, I'm cool with that. And people actually still want to see me, which is really cool, too. That's so, true. Very true. And I can still feel it. So, I mean, I was blessed with great genetics. I mean, I'm 52, but I feel like I'm 22, you know, nice. although my body tells me different. But I go out and I have some fun, and I talk to people, and it's and and they they understand what they're going to get out of me. And, it was, and it's just nice for people to go, you know what, I thought I'd never, ever get to see you, and I got to see you, so I'm set. And yeah. I go, that's awesome, and that's all I need. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I had such a fun, exciting time talking to you, Billy. Thank you so much for enduring my um, my my illness and uh, <laughs> and all your patience. And uh, I was, uh, I'm so glad that uh, we spent 200 episodes with you tonight and couldn't have chosen anyone better. Yeah, thanks, and I really appreciate you choosing me to be on. I'm, I know this is a milestone for y'all, and this is something that I, I take serious, and it's it's awesome to be on here. And 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 I'm sorry you feel bad. I hope you, I made you feel a little better for the past hour or whatever we've been talking. <laughs> so, but yeah, thank you so much for having me on here. I hope I, you know, answered some questions and made everybody feel better about my career and better about me. <laughs> 
Awesome. <laughs> Have a good evening. Thanks so much, man. Okay, buddy. All right, man. Thanks, buddy. You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show, hosted by Chris Featherstone and Derek of Crave Wrestling. This is the new Tuesday Night Titans. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Pancakes and Power Slams 200, Chris Featherstone and Derek. I'm almost in tears. I mean, this was the absolute, one of the best interviews we could ever have, ever hope for. I mean, Billy Gunn was the same as he was in the ring as he is on the interview tonight. And I just, I'm at a loss for words. It was just absolutely wonderful and beautiful. Chris, thank you for orchestrating this for us. I I know you're under the weather, but you endured this. You've, You've taken everything that you can and made it the best 200th episode of anything in the whole world. And Billy Gunn, my hat's off to you. I've admired you. You've made me, you're responsible for making me who I am today as far as just your in-ring performance and just my love of wrestling. You made a huge part in it. I mean, we got a couple minutes to cover Royal Rumble and Raw, but, I mean, (laughs) how can you follow this up? Because this is, the absolute greatest thing that I think I've ever been a part of. And it's Billy Gunn was everything that I ever wanted him to be. And he was absolutely brilliant. Chris, I mean, what, what, what would you think of the interview? Man, I thought it was great. He actually just texted me and said, uh, thanks again. It was awesome. And, uh, you let me right through it is what he said. So, uh, he was very happy with it, and I was very happy with it, too. Of course, we don't have any time for Raw or, or Royal Rumble. We'll cover that next week, but the overrun of the Billy Gunn interview was well worth it. And um, any closing thoughts on 200 episodes, Derek? 200 episodes. I mean, again, it's just we're here. We're pancakes and power slams. We're here for the wrestling audience and anybody who has anything to do with wrestling. This is where you need to be. We are Wrestling Nation, letting us be a part of their family, bringing Billy Gunn onto their show, letting us just be a part of that. I mean, Pancakes and Power Slams is where you need to be on Tuesday nights. Royal Rumble, Triple H wins. This could be Triple H's swan song. I'm happy for that. That's great. That's good. Monday Night Raw, big deal. Who cares? But, again, Billy Gunn was here tonight. You can hear him live tonight. Well, you heard him live. But, um, you know, replay it, give it to everybody, give it to your mom, dad, grandma, grandpa. This was the best gift to any wrestling fan that has anything to do with wrestling. This was where it was tonight. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And I just want to thank everybody. I mean, I weathered the storm today, and I'm going to definitely get much better. But, again, you know, I didn't want to miss this for the world, and – just really happy that uh, I was uh, managed to make it happen and, and make it happen successfully. Thank you so much, everybody, for continuing to support the show. And uh, man, Billy Gunn was just absolutely amazing. And I'm just really thankful for he. Am- <coughs> Excuse me. Billy Gunn was 
Billy Gunn was here live and loud. Ladies and gentlemen, Pancakes and Power Slams, the new Tuesday Night Titans. Chris Featherstone, take us out. Yes, sir, absolutely. And, again, thank you so much, everybody, for just really being real patient with me. And uh, I'm going to get better. <clears throat> I'm definitely going to get better. And uh, thank you so much for all your prayers and, and to get better. And to come next week, we will have an amazing episode. <clears throat> and um, we're going to have a good time. And so <clears throat> then we're going to talk more about Raw. Uh, until then. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for Billy Gunn for celebrating two two hundred episodes with you with us. We got some announcements coming up for more interviews coming up in the future. Thank you so much. And uh check this out. Uh we've we're gonna post it and uh be sure to continue to <clears throat> continue to like like Derek said, share it with everybody. Thank you so much everybody for being with us. Two hundred episodes, we made it, and we're just gonna continue to do much, much better in bigger and better heights. And we had so many thousands of uh, weekly listeners now. And thank you so much. Until next week, we'll talk more about Royal Rumble and leading up to Fastlane and WrestleMania. Thank you so much. Happy birthday to my son, Ian. God bless. Goodbye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.